Yo, what's up, Savage Fam? It's your boy Ant, aka A. Barkley on Twitter. We're doing things just a little different this week. Uh, we had some technical issues, so I am going to take a voice memo and send my thoughts on some things that's been going on around the country as far as all the sports relations go. So, here we go. Welcome, welcome, good people, to the Savage Sportscast, No Respect, No Mercy. I'm your man, Earn. Today's episode is going to be a little different. We had some issues um, recording when Ant and I tried to record earlier, but we still want to put out some content for y'all because it's Thanksgiving week, and a lot of podcasters are taking a break this week. They're not really putting content out, and we want to make sure we do that you guys plus there's been so much happening in the world of sports whether it's nba women's college basketball um nfl we got all these things happening and we just couldn't go without giving y'all some kind of content so i'm gonna speak my speak my um thoughts on some topics and ant is gonna come on later with some voice notes that he's gonna send in and let you guys know what he thinks about what went down this weekend. For starters, I want to get into the Angel Reese LSU Tiger situation. For those of you who don't know, the Tigers won the Women's National Championship last year. And it was a huge deal. They beat Iowa. And if you didn't watch the game or see the headlines or the timeline at that time, there were a lot of names going out. A lot of names being called that weren't in reference to the basketball game. It was about the people. The people playing the game got looked at a certain way. It was very black and white. And when I say black and white, I mean that all pun intended because the LSU Tiger team, especially last season, it was very heavily African-American. And the Iowa Hawkeyes, their team was primarily Caucasian. And with that being said, when LSU beat them, um, there were people calling the Tigers thugs and said they were mocking Caitlin Clark, even though what Angel Reese did to Caitlin Clark is something that Clark was doing all season long, but it was looked at differently. Why? We're not going to get into that right now. We talked about that before. It's been like an ongoing topic and conversation along sports heads. Um, but what I want to get into is what's happening this season. So LSU played University of Colorado for their first game this season. And LSU was ranked number one, if I'm not mistaken, before that game. And, you know, everybody thought they would come in and do the same thing. They had a great year last year. Somewhat shocked the world, but not really when they won the title. Because people expected them to, you know, win the title again this year. They didn't really lose anybody that would make them lose the title. So we thought, bringing it back, let's go for a second run. But what happened in the start of the season, I don't think anybody saw it coming. Except for maybe Colorado and their fans and players. But LSU 
lost to Colorado in its first game on November 6th. And the score was 92 to 78. Now, if you hear that, you're like, oh, they lost, but 92-78? That's not that bad. That was a somewhat close game. If you watch the game, or if you even watch the highlights, you will see that it was farther apart than that. Like, I think the game should have ended with them losing by at least 20. But they made some, you know, chump change points in the last few minutes. But I think the loss should have been a lot worse than it was because it looked that bad. It was not good. In that game, Angel Reese, a.k.a. the star player of the Tigers, she scored 15 points and she had 12 rebounds, which is not bad if you were somebody else. Like, if her name wasn't Angel Reese and she wasn't the star of a team that was ranked number one, I think that would be a, you know, decent game. You got 15 points, 12 boards. It's pretty good. But she only shot 6 of 15 from the field, which means she had a lot of misses. She had some looks that she should have shot that she didn't. She seemed kind of hesitant when she was on the floor. I don't know what that was about, but if you look at the game, you can see she was hesitant. And when things weren't falling that she put up, she got frustrated and she showed it. Now, you would think, oh, they lost. No big deal. They'll just come back. It's not going to be a problem, right? Wrong. The problem was, like I said, when they won the championship, they roughed a lot of people the wrong way. Not because they chose to, but some people just looked at things that they did and look at them a certain way. So no matter what they do now, they're going to be vilified and there's going to be hate thrown at them. And speaking of hate, if you look in Angel Reese's comments, which she has limited now, when they lost that game, and for about a whole week after that, so from like November 6th to, I want to say the 13th or 14th, every picture she posted in the last two months had comments about that game, like calling her a loser, saying she's terrible, and she's nothing but a ghetto thug who's getting shown that she can't play basketball, and she'll never make it to the WNBA, which is crazy, because I'm not saying this easy to get into, but if y'all think Anchor Reese is not going to get drafted, you got some real issues. Like, there's no way she's not going to get drafted. She can go and average seven points and ten boards this season, and she will still get drafted. I guarantee you. Um, but those comments, man, people were talking about not her skill, not the things she did on the court. It became personal. And personal to where I think people took it too far. I'm, I have no problem with, you know, shooting the shit, you know what I'm saying, talking about somebody's game, calling them a scrub based off the game, but people made it more than that. And that's what I have an issue with, and that's what I think Angel took to heart. Now, Angel just made a statement. She said, don't listen to everything people say. And she put up a post, I believe, yesterday, it was a quote from Deion Sanders, which is kind of funny because he is the coach of Colorado. He's going through his own thing right now. But she put up that post, and in that post, you know, he's just pretty much saying with his back against the wall, he knows who he is and, you know, stay confident and, you know, things like that. It's a motivational thing to herself. But she hasn't really spoken out since everything happened. But at 21... I've been 21 before. 
And I think social media for, for these kids nowadays is different than it was when I was 21. Because when I was 21, things were just getting somewhat popular. Like in 2012, 2013, you know, we had the Twitter, we had the MySpace before that, we had all those things, but they weren't what they are now. Instagram, I think, had just come out. So n- nobody was on it. You know what I'm saying? Nobody would be in your comments the next day or the night that you lose a game because it was still fresh. Nowadays, everything is publicized. Everything is there to see and there for the whole world to speak on in seconds. And I think for a 20, 21 year old, that's a big weight. That's a heavy weight on your shoulders that while she may say it doesn't bother her, I can tell it does. And if it does, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, you're 21 years old playing on a college team that has all these national lights and media attention every game everything you do is in the media and on social media so if you feel the way we get it we understand some more things that happened with angel is there seems to be a feud of some sort between her and the teammates now we're not sure this is all speculation right we're not sure exactly what happened but a few days ago, there were some comments that Angel's mom and one of her teammates' mom were saying back and forth about grades, and people are under the impression that the reason why Angel, who's missed the last two games, is not playing is because of her grade, her GPA. Some people say it's 1.7, some people say it's 2.0. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but that's the word that's going around. And People are making it seem like her grades is why she's not playing. And that's also why her coach isn't really like talking about her or the situation. Because Kim Mulkey, for those of you who don't know, is the coach of the Tigers. And she also used to coach Baylor back in the day. And Kim is one of those coaches where when they're winning, when they're doing things right, it looks great, it looks all good. But when you're not, you kind of see that savage side of Kim come out. And she does things where it's a little questionable here and there. Um, so you would think she has her players back. But right now, it's it's kind of up in the air. You know, it's a little shaky. And we don't really know where Kim stands and what's going on with Angel. They haven't told us anything directly. Like saying, hey, she's not playing because of this, that, that. Or she's not here because they're just saying she's not here. We wish her the best. We hope she comes back soon. So we don't know if she's hurt. And they don't want to say she's hurt. We don't know if it's because of her grade, because she's like having some mental issues. We don't know exactly what's going on. All we have right now is the hearsay and speculation. Again, social media. I hope she gets better. I hope, you know, whatever's going on, they get that fixed. The Tigers are starting to win some games now. I think that was a wake-up call for the whole team, losing that first game and kind of having these issues early on, they see that, you know, while they got the attention and the media love them, you're still human. You know, you still have problems and you're still gonna have problems that you have to face. You have to face the adversity, trials and tribulations and take it head on. And I think the rest of the season, they're gonna do just that. So, shout out to Angel Reese. Week 12 of the NCAA football season 
just passed. It was this past weekend, and we had some exciting games. A lot of things happened this weekend. We had some close games, some not-so-close games. We had a lot of people getting hurt um, this week. It was a lot of injuries, which happens usually, you know. Late in the season, you have players, you know, their bodies are wearing out because this is a contact sport, and it's heavy contact every single play. And after 12 weeks, not including the summer practices and training camp, mini camp, all that stuff, your body starts to break down, you know, because you're human. It starts to wear out. And that was happening a lot this weekend. But also there were some great games that happened this weekend. For example, number 23, Toledo. And surprisingly, Bowling Green, they played on Tuesday the 14th. And I watched that game. That was a good game. Like, there are two teams that... You know, being honest, most people don't really care about. Nobody cares about Bowling Green and Toledo's ranked now, but they aren't being watched like that. But that day I chose to watch the game for some reason, and I'm glad I did because it was a really good game. Some more scores we had this week. We had Rutgers play number 11 Penn State. Penn State won 27-6. Mississippi beat Louisiana Monroe 35-3. Tulane beat Florida Atlantic. 24-8, Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines be one of <laughs> one of Ant's teams from Baltimore, Maryland, 31-24. Um, Oklahoma, number 13 ranked Oklahoma, they played BYU and won 31-24. Alabama beat Chattanooga, which is, of course they did, right? They beat Chattanooga 66-10. That's not, come on y'all, that's just not fair. Anyway, Louisville is ranked number nine, and they beat Miami, the U, 38-31. UMass lost to number 22, Liberty. Number 22, Liberty sounds crazy. But number 22, Liberty, 49-25. App State upset James Madison, number 24-ranked James Madison, 26-3 in OT. I saw that game, too, and... It was exciting, man. Like, these lower-level teams are making some big plays in prime time and showing why anybody can be beaten in a football game. Like, especially college, any team can be beat once. Maybe not 16 times in a row. But one night, you might get a hand to you. All right, number 16-ranked Arizona beat Utah 42-18. What's going on with Utah? They started off so great, now they're kind of sliding. Oh, well. Number one, still number one, Georgia Bulldogs beat number 25, Tennessee, 38 to 10. <sighs> Fighting a line line. The University of Illinois lost to number 20, Iowa, 13 to 15. Now, you would hear that and think, oh, it, it wasn't that bad. 13 to 15, Illinois should have won the game, and they lost, which is a pattern, but we'll talk about that later. Wake Forest lost to number 17, Notre Dame, 45-7. Minnesota lost to number 2-ranked Ohio State. Yeah, St. John. 37-3. Oklahoma State beat Houston, 43-30. Ant's favorite team with somebody who he thinks is going to win the Heisman. I don't think so. Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks beat Arizona State, 49-13. Florida State beat North Alabama 58 to 13. 
I want to pause there. Florida State has a quarterback. Um, if you watch this game, it was one of those things that was hard to see. Um, man, just like talking about it, I got chills just now because I was thinking about a different player who I saw get hurt in primetime game, Kevin Ware. For those of you who don't know, Kevin Ware was the guy who played college basketball and he got hurt and I want to say the tournament and this was about 10 years ago now, which sounds crazy, but it was about 10, 11 years ago and he snapped his leg. So Florida State star quarterback, Jordan Travis, this was in the beginning of the game. I think at that point they were down two scores, which is, you know, they had a lot of time left. No big deal. Um, Jordan Travis was trying to make a play for his team, which he's been doing all season long. He's had a fantastic season. I think this season he had, let me just double check here. Yep. He had 2,700 yards, 20 TDs, and only two interceptions. Not that many TDs, but only two picks so far this year. That's amazing. And they've had some good games. And their team is still currently undefeated after last night's win. But Jordan Travis is a guy who's a senior. He's from West Palm Beach. Um, not a huge dude. He can scramble. He can pass. He's not a flashy guy. He seems pretty humble, you know. But... Sorry, I was just watching the clip again. Why, I don't know. But unfortunately, he got hurt last night. Uh, he snapped his leg. And they say the leg injury will end his season. But I'm just hoping while the season ends, that doesn't become something that's permanent. Now, some players get hurt and they snap back. Some players, I probably shouldn't have said snap back to him. But some players get hurt and they come back quickly and some players get hurt and it changes the scope of their career for the rest of their lives. And I'm just hoping that with the medical staff they have at Florida State or his own private doctors, that they can figure out how to get Jordan Travis back to where he needs to be so his football career can continue on. He can go to the league. He might not get drafted, especially now because of that. But hopefully he can play and show that he can still be the guy that they need him to be, and he can still move forward. It's all about moving forward, right? So hopefully he can do that. Prayers up to Jordan Travis, man. I hope you heal up. We need you back out here, man. But that was a play that I wish they didn't show so much because the cameras panned to his leg when he got hurt. He was like calling for the team and they didn't block him fast enough. So the cameras, of course, because you know, media, they all zoomed in on his leg and you can see his leg hanging sideways in a way that it should not hang on the bright lights. Under the bright lights, you see that leg just moving over to the left, just sticking straight out. And I was like, oh my God, that dude is not coming back in. Not this game, not this season. I don't know what's gonna happen with his career, but it just did not look good. So prayers to Jordan Travis, man. Some more college scores, 19 Kansas State beat Kansas 31-27. Florida, the Florida Gators, man, they are not playing good this season. They lost to number 10 Missouri. 
33-31. Not a big loss, but you got to get some wins, man. Number four, Washington. Beat number 15, Oregon State, 22-20. Number seven, Texas beat Iowa State, 26-16. And lastly, Georgia State lost to the LSU Tigers, 56-14. Lots of exciting things happened. Who do you guys think would be the Heisman winner? That's a topic that's been coming up as well. And if I had to bet on who is gonna win it, hmm, gonna win it. Not who I think should, gonna win it. If I had to say someone, let me think non-biased, I would say Jaden Daniels is gonna win the Heisman. Jaden Daniels is the quarterback for the Tigers, but um, the person who I think should win the Heisman, his numbers aren't the best. You know, his team is still undefeated currently. But if I had to put my money on somebody to win, I would vote for Michael Penix Jr. to win the Heisman. He's done things this season and in games, in big games with the lights on, you know what I'm saying? You got to make a play. He was making plays with the lights were bright. Like, he was doing the damn thing. All the guys running up are great. You know, they're all great players. Like I said, Jaden Daniels for the uh, Tigers. He's having a fantastic season. Bo Nix for the Ducks is having a great season as well. Um, and who else do we have? They also said Marvin Harrison Jr. might. Now, I don't think he's going to win it. Could he? Maybe. You know, he could be the first receiver to win the Heisman, but I don't see him winning it. I still want to see him on my football team in the league. I still want to see him on the Bears. Him and Michael Penix Jr., if the Bears move on from Justin Fields. But as far as the Heisman, MHJ, sorry, bro. I don't think that's going to be yours, but that's all right. I'm just hoping they don't give it to Bo Nix because... Out of all the teams, I think the team that has the most eyes on them and the most hype is the Ducks, uh, the Oregon Ducks. And Ant might not like this, but I think if he wins, it's all for show. And not because he deserves it, because out of all the candidates, I think he probably should be the least favorite to win it. So if he comes out with it, I'm going to give a little side eye. I'm going to give you a little... Uh, Politicking, what's going on here? Straight politics, y'all know what it is. Bo Nix, like I said, he's very talented. He's a good dude. He's gonna have a long career as a serviceable QB, not a flashy QB in the league, but serviceable. Who should not win a Heisman? No love lost, no hate, just facts. That's all I'm saying. My Ravens got the dub against the Bengals. On Thursday night, I was actually at the game, so if my voice sounds a little weird, because I've been yelling and screaming. I've been to two football games this past weekend. I went to the Ravens-Bengals game Thursday night, and then I went home to my college at Towson University, where I cheered on my Tigers to get their home only home win of the season and the last home game. So that was pretty cool. I got the last game. Back to the NFL. Uh, Ravens got the job done. It sucks what happened to Joe Burrow. Um, prayers up to him. Hope he's okay. 
Sean Harbaugh said that there, there might be a chance that Mark Andrews comes back towards the end of the year. Like, I mean, if he can go, then let's go. But if not, I think Isaiah Lee is a, a great second option. And Charlie Kohler is more than capable of holding his own. Probably at the time that are in tight end or something like that. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but I really want to talk about the NFL to really give it to my man, Ernie. Ernie, my boy. What happened, bro? Y'all. <laughs> y'all, y'all had Detroit, man. I was looking at him and said, oh, damn. Okay, Bears, I see you. I see you, Bears, putting in that work. And then slowly but surely, I looked up. Lee's getting slimmer. Lee's getting slimmer. Lee's getting slimmer. Then I was, I was watching uh, the Browns and Steelers game, and then that's why I saw the bottom of the ticker. The Lions came back and won. And I was like, bro, I know Ern gotta be sick. Like, he's probably doing the curve before I get off the roof of the building right now, bro. Like, that's, that's a different kind of pain. I felt that pain myself, Ern, when I had to watch the Ravens lose to the Browns at home. So. Know that I'm there. I'm laughing at you, but you're also in my thoughts, my guy. It's gonna be a long off season. I want to see what y'all do in the off season. Y'all keep your head up. Uh, couple things. Prayers out to Jordan Travis at FSU. Broke the leg. Uh, that's a really sad thing to see. Um, prayers out to Joe Burrow. Don't want to see nobody get hurt. Hopefully, he's okay. Mark Andrews, same thing. Uh, and I don't know what the hell is going on with this Aaron Rodgers situation, if he's coming back or not. Streets are saying that doesn't really make sense for him to come back, seeing how the Jets are going to probably be eliminated playoff contention pretty soon. Uh, or at least almost out of the mix, not completely eliminated, but damn impossible for them to get back in playoff contention. Uh, shout out to my guy. Joe Cool, the elite Joe Cool Flacco, uh, getting a, a second shot with the Cleveland Browns. Third, fourth shot. The guy plays for Denver. He plays for Jets. He plays, I think he played for the Eagles for a little bit too. I'm not sure. But don't sleep on Joe Cool with that defense. All you gotta do is just kind of you know manage the game. He's got a great arm. As soon as he learns the offense, I think the Browns really will be in playoff contention. And I know how Joe get when Joe gets to the playoffs. So that's going to be real interesting to see Joe Flacco and Cleveland Brown versus Lamar Jackson and Raven. Uh, playoffs. Yeah. That, that's going to be, it's going to be real hot around here. Should the Browns beat the Ravens and the playoffs with Joe Flacco. But, um, that's pretty much all I got to say about everything. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope that you all have a safe and happy holidays. That you're able to spend with families. Uh, eat some food. Good food. I pray that y'all food is cooked well. I pray that y'all food is seasoned. Um, do not post unseasoned. Looking like shit just came out the package. Ass food on the timeline. Uh, I will be roasting packages i will be roasting unseasoned food this year if i see it i'm sorry i'm coming for it um do not 
do not, do not, do not, do not post any unseasoned food on the timeline. Also, I just want to say, uh, mac and cheese is probably the best side dish. Mac and cheese is the best side dish. Shout out to my mom's mac and cheese. I am ready to go down. I am ready to eat. Uh, it is probably my favorite holiday of the year. Kind of lost its meaning. I've not lost my grandmother, but I still hold that those memories in my, my head. Whenever I celebrate Thanksgiving with my family, grandmother's had a whole family over. And I think that whenever I get a big enough house, I would like to do that tradition one day. But um, anyway, y'all have a safe, happy. Thanksgiving. I pray that you can do all your Black Friday shopping online. Don't go crazy out there. You know, it's just material stuff. Stuff that won't make it matter. Four or five years down the line. That's it. Go Ducks. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Alright. It's going to be okay, brother. The Bears, it's going to be okay. I don't know. One last thing I want to talk about is the NFL, the National Football League, Week 11. (sighs) If you all know me, you know why I took a deep breath, and I'm going to explain why after I read off these scores. So first we had the Bengals play the Ravens on Thursday. That was the Thursday night game. And... Ants, Ravens, also my Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to say it because he's not here right now. My Ravens won 34-20 to 20 against the Bengals. Some news about the Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow, or Joe Burrows, as a lot of black folks like to say, he's out. He's out for right now, the season it looks like, um, because of his injuries. He hurt his wrist, if I'm not mistaken. And... After his leg being hurt to have his wrist hurt, they think there was something funky going on with the medical team. Like they didn't diagnose his injury properly. And so he keeps getting hurt. Not sure what's going on there, but hopefully he heals up fast, man. Joe Burrow's a talent. He's gonna be in this league for years to come if, if he can stay healthy. If it's the main thing with Joe Burrow. Because when you look at his game, when he is healthy, there's no question about it. Joe Burrow is going to be that dude and whatever team he's on, whether it's the Bengals or somebody else, they are going to shine as long as he stays healthy, man. So get back, Burrow. Heal up, my brother. Hope to see you soon. Next up, we got the Steelers and the Browns. The Browns, I picked them to win, but I'm still shocked they did. They beat the Steelers 13-10. The Dolphins beat the Raiders 20-13. The Titans lost to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are looking good, man. The Jaguars won 34-14. The Green Bay Packers beat the Chargers 23-20. The Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud. C.J. is shining over there. They beat the Cardinals 21-16. How about them Cowboys, man? The Cowboys won over the Panthers. Which they should, but they won 33 to 10. The New York Giants beat the Commanders 31 to 19. 
the 49ers are starting to get things back in order. They got some guys coming back from injury. They beat the Bucks 27 to 14. The Bills got them a win that they needed. They needed this win. They beat the Jets. You know, it's just the goddamn Jets. <laughs> they beat the Jets 32 to 6. Um, the Rams beat the Seahawks 17 to 16. The Broncos, shout out to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is coming back and say, you know what? I hear y'all chirping. I hear all the talk saying who I can't be anymore. I still got something left. And he's showing it. Because they beat the Vikings 21 to 20. Hopefully he can stay healthy as well and have a good season. They're not going to win the chip, right? But I just want Russell to show that he can still play and he can still lead the team to success. The Eagles play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl matchup tonight. The Eagles and the Swifties, I mean, oops, Swifties. <laughs> the Eagles and the Chiefs play tonight at 8.15. And lastly, the Detroit Lions beat the Chicago Bears in my Stephen A. voice, 31 to 26. 31 to 26. Now that sounds like it was a close game, right? That sounds like a game that if you hear that score, you would think, oh, they fought in battle. That was a great game. Fuck no. Here's what happened in that game. The Chicago Bears, as usual, sitting at three and eight, shat the bed. Let me just let you know something. So we have a man who's running our team named Ryan Poles. And when Ryan Poles came at the beginning of last season, he made a statement that when he made this statement, I was questioning. I was like, hey, man, like the confidence dog, but you haven't done anything yet. Like you were on the team and you were just starting to make some moves there. And then we got you here. So you're still kind of fresh in this NFL managing thing, right? But he said, and last but not least, we're going to take the North and we're going to never give it back. Now, like I said, when he said that, I was like, I respect the confidence, but I don't believe that shit. Like, you just got here, and with the team we had last season, I knew that that was some bullshit, that that was not going to happen, right? How about this? Since he made that statement, the Bears are 0-12. 0-12 in the NFC North, which is our division. You know what that means? That means they haven't won a single game against the divisional opponent, opponent since he became team leader. Not a single one. So the whole taking the North and never giving it back, how are you going to take something and you can't even beat the worst of the worst? You can't beat anybody once in a 12-game span. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, that is insane madness. Madness. So... Back to last night's game, they played the Lions, who, like I said, are in our division. They are in the North as well, and we see them a lot. We, we play them sometimes two or three times a year because they are in our division. But the Lions, while they have a good team this year, they got you know some guys, they got some hitters, they're still the Lions, right? And I expected them to win before the game started, but I said... Just because I expect it doesn't mean we can't beat them because we still have a talented team. Like, we have guys on our team 
who can make just enough plays to get the win, which I thought, I thought, happened in yesterday's game. Apparently, I was wrong. So, like I said, they won 31 to 26. And Justin Fields, this was his first game back. For those of you who don't know, he was out 35 days. He missed the last four or five games um, with a hand injury. And we had Tyson Bajan as our starting quarterback. Now Fields is back. Bajan's on the bench. Bajan's Bajan gang. You know, they still were cheering for him on the bench, but we had Justin QB1 as our QB1 last night. And if you see his stats and if you watch the game, you would think they won the game, right? Because Justin had a great game, in my opinion. In the game, Justin went 16 for 23 passing, right? He had 169 yards, which if you hear... 169, you'll think, oh, that's not good. That's not a good game. What are you talking about? But if you look at the passes he made and the drops that happened, Justin played a great game, especially coming back off a hand injury. His hand was bleeding twice in that game. Like, there was blood on his towel, on his gloves. Like, he was still having issues with his hand. And he stayed in the game. He was, you know, trying passes, trying plays. The plays they let him try, which... That's another subject. We'll get into that. But the plays they gave him to try, he was succeeding. Like, when they got the ball on the first drive, they ended in a touchdown. There was a touchdown scoring drive to start the game. So we were all excited and happy. Oh, yeah, the Bears. Fuck yeah. Feels us back, baby. We're going to take this over. It's just our fucking game. Like, because the first half, it was looking like the Bears might do something, right? Maybe. Maybe. So Fields ended up going 16 for 23, one passing TD, 18 carries for 104 yards. And that's the part I want to talk about because when you see that for a quarterback to rush for 104 yards the way he did, just shows you how talented and gifted he is. Like while he makes some bad plays here and there, the plays he gets right and the things he can do with his body it's unworldly. Like, just imagine Jalen Hurts times two, but with half the team that Jalen Hurts has. That's Justin Fields. I truly believe if they gave him a system that was made and designed for him, for him to succeed, Justin Fields would be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe top five. If they drafted guys that fit him and fit the team, Get him some help where he can stay upright, not falling on his ass, and get some guys that he can pass the ball to. That's not Tyler Scott, no shade. That's not EQ St. Brown. DJ Moore is a fucking fantastic receiver. But DJ Moore is like 5'10 and 5'11. And he's one man. Having one good receiver on a team with a bad offensive line that's just not enough firepower. We need at least two solid receivers and at least, give me three grade A linemen. I don't need all five. We can have three grade A and two C's. Those three grade A's will make a big difference for Justin Fields and for the Bears. So let's say he got that. I truly think if it's on the Bears or wherever, 
Justin Fields will shine. I'm hoping it's for the Bears. I hope they do the smart thing and draft the smart way, draft correctly, and get pieces that you need. Not just the name, because this is a name. Get the pieces that you need with these high draft picks and get your quarterback some help and get a team built the right way, the strong way, and it will do wonders. Anyway, back to the game. That was Justin's stats, right? The running backs didn't do much this game, but they didn't have to because Justin ran for 104, and he carried the rock the most. Like He had the most touches, so the running backs didn't have to do much because the game was flowing the way we thought it should go. Plus, before the fourth quarter, the Lions were giving the Bears the game. What I mean by that is Jared Goff, before the fourth quarter, had three interceptions, no touchdowns, right? Three interceptions, and it should have been four interceptions, but one of them got dropped. If he would have had four picks, you would think the Bears win the game, right? Because there's no way you throw four picks and you still win. There's just no fucking way, right? Even three picks. Like, you would hear, I think we had four turnovers total. Like, we got four turnovers and um, still lost. And we lost mainly because of decision-making, because of bad coaching, because of coaches who don't know what the fuck they are doing. Iberflus and Luke Getze shit the bed almost every game, but I think that game hurt the most because, like I said before, the Lions had seven wins before that, so we expected them to beat us, right? We expected the Lions to win this game. So when the Bears were winning, and when the Bears were up 26 to, what was it, 14? The Bears were up 26 to 14 in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go. If you hear that, you would think they can hold the win. They can hold, you know, they can hold it down and win this game. They can finish out strong. But they started to play conservative. They started to get scared. And when they got scared, the Lions were at home. That home crowd got louder and louder and louder and louder. It was a madness. They were shouting through the fucking TV. Like, insane home crowd. Shout out to them for helping their team. And Jared Goff said, you know what? I'm going to turn it into Jared Montana. Because he threw two touchdowns in three minutes. And they came back and won the game. They came back and won the game 31-26. to 26. You know, sometimes things happen for a reason, right? Things happen to show you who you are and who you're not. And what the Bears aren't is close. Flutes can say we're almost there 17 fucking times. No, you're not. The Bears need Jesus. They need Miss Frizzle. They need... Mike Ditka, they need Brian Urlacher, they need Peanut Tillman, they need the whole fucking world to get better. Because the way things are looking right now, if they don't fire the whole fucking coaching staff, they're going to lose next season, and the season after, and the season after. You can get 
a million star players. If you can't coach them, if you can't teach them how to win and how to hold a lead, what's the point? What is the point? Sometimes players mess up, which the defense, I think they were starting to choke, but a great coach can stop that. A great coach can secure that 26-14 win with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That's what a great coach can do. But a bum-ass coach, a terrible coach, an inexperienced coach will teach you how to lose and teach you how to blow a lead that you had 26 to 14 and then you lose 31 to 26 to the Detroit Lions in a game that people were watching because like I said the Lions are a team that might be top in the NFC this season maybe they might win the NFC maybe but as of right now they're in I think second or third place in the NFC so we had some eyes on that game. Plus, guys wanted to see how Justin Fields did coming back off the injury. He was out five games. They wanted to see what the Bears have, right? And what the Bears have is the Bears. The Bears are going to fucking bear, man. That's what I'm telling myself now because it's, just, you know, I, I shouldn't keep being disappointed like this by the Bears. I've been a Bears fan my entire life. And I think the heartache really started when they lost the Super Bowl. But as a Bears fan, while we had some great teams in the past 30, 35 years, we have more stinkers. We have more teams that sucked in that time. So I should be used to them being terrible and it shouldn't hurt this bad. But like I said, some games hurt more than others. Some games have more weight. And a game that you were leading 26 to 14 in the fourth quarter with less than five minutes left, that you end up losing when the team you're playing turned over the ball four times, three interceptions and one fumble, giving you the game, and you blow that fucking game, there's no more words to be said. You're just trash. Your kids are trash. Your parents are trash. Your school is trash. Your shoes are trash. Everything is fucking trash. Ryan Poles is trash. His quotes are trash. Ebersource is trash. Luke Getzi is ass. Ass master Luke Getzi over here. Fucking terrible. Terrible. Like, why is it so hard to coach to win? To play to win? What did Herm Edwards say? You play to win the game. You play to win the game. And the Bears, they are who we thought they were. And you know what I'm not doing? Letting them off the fucking hook. Get your shit together and fix it before you lose your fan base. Think I'm lying? Check Twitter. Check Facebook. Check the gram. Get it right. Fix it this offseason. Or you're in fucking trouble. Thank y'all for listening to the Savage Sports Podcast. No respect, no mercy. I'm Earn. That's Ant. And we're going to see y'all when we see y'all. Peace.
out.